0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. As we approach the November election, there are some activist groups working to bust myths about who can vote and who can't. You may have heard, for instance, that people convicted of felonies can't vote, even after they've served their time. But that's not true here in Michigan. The myth persists, though, and activists say it's keeping some people from registering and going to the polls. Detroit Today producer Jake Neer spoke with Ashley Carter, a native Detroiter and staff attorney with Advancement Project, a national racial justice organization that's based in Washington, D.C., and with Robert Oliver, the chairman of the Detroit chapter of Nation Outside, a criminal justice advocacy group. Olive is a former inmate himself. Here's that conversation.
1: I am a returning citizen. Um, Spent some time in prison, paid my debt to society for some um, mistakes that I made in the past. And um, by me learning from those mistakes, um, my focus is now to try to um, mentor the youth uh, to make sure that they don't follow that same path um, and also uh, be a sense of hope and motivation for those who have um, been to prison and um, may feel that they're coming home to a hopeless situation.
2: Talk about when you first got back in, you know, when you got out of prison, back into society, and especially when it comes to voting. Did you have confusion yourself about what was allowed, what the rules were, sort of what your rights were? Um, Well, first, um, my first time ever voting, I was actually in the uh, Wayne
1: County Jail uh, waiting uh, to be sentenced to go to prison. Um, And that was uh, President Obama's first uh, election. And um, upon returning, um, it was a lot of speculation that um, being a convicted felon that now I couldn't vote. Um, And um, so upon me doing some investigation, because I I knew how important it is when it comes to um, making sure that we have the right people in office, uh, especially like when our local elections like this year where we have uh, governor uh, seat is open, attorney general, uh, our local judges and state representatives and things of that nature, who are all positions and people who can directly impact and affect our daily lives. And so uh, it was something that was important for me to be able to do. Um, and also for me, after finding out that I actually can, because Michigan is one of the a few states where you can vote, um, uh, with a felony conviction or uh, being released from prison, I want to make sure I educate as many people as possible so that way they can exercise their right as well. How did you figure that out? Um, um Researching um, websites. Um, uh, the very first place that actually told me I could was uh, a organization called Michigan Voice. And... Um, Uh, They pretty much uh, let me see the rules as far as different obstacles and barriers that a lot of people face when they go to vote. And um, that's actually how I first found
2: out. Hmm. Uh, Ashley, same question to you about how you came to this work. What was it that interested you in this topic?
3: So um, I spent five years working as a public defender in New York City before um, taking the opportunity that I have here at Advancement Project. And I had the opportunity to go onto Rikers Island and register people to vote there. And so I wanted to do something. I I then learned that people who were in jail um, could register. And then when I started working at Advancement Project, we were looking to find a way to engage with organizations in Detroit doing um, work around mass incarceration and policing. And I knew that there was a huge misconception just from talking to different people about the right to vote for formerly incarcerated individuals. So we worked to convene um, a group of people who would then set up a campaign to um, share this information as broadly as possible. So we visited um, a parole office in Detroit and then um, decided to make it a broader um, education um, campaign and designed a few different events that would work to educate people. But basically the thing that brought me to the work is knowing how few people knew that Michigan was one of the states where you could actually vote, um, not only if you have a conviction, either a misdemeanor or a felony, but also if you're on probation or parole and if you're in jail awaiting trial. And just in talking to people, whether it's people that are directly impacted, I've talked to judges who didn't know that this was a right, so it's, it's a huge misconception in the state about the um, access to the ballot.
2: Yeah. And when you are talking with people, especially former inmates, what are the biggest questions that come up and where does most of the confusion lie?
3: Um, so one of the biggest, I think that there's just this general idea that once you've been incarcerated, you can't vote. And I think that's a national idea that people just go around sharing Um, So one of the things that I guess one of the questions that I've gotten was like, wait, like people with convictions can actually vote? Or directly impacted people saying, I had no idea I could vote? Um, And then another thing that I think is important to note is that a lot of people who come out of jail and prison are homeless. And there's another misconception that people who are homeless can't vote either. Um, So the first question is basically like, how do I register? Or I didn't know that I, which is more of a statement, but but I didn't know I could vote. And then um, the second question is how will I, for people who are actually incarcerated awaiting trial, a question that I've gotten a lot is how will I know who the different candidates are because we don't have access to that information in here, in the jail.
2: Sure. Uh, Robert, after your release, uh, and and had you heard that also, uh, is that is that a misconception that you had heard? And and did you internalize that, uh, you know, it, it, with your own story?
1: Of course. Um, I mean, I had my parole agent initially told me that I couldn't vote.
2: Your, your parole agent. Yes.
1: Uh, when I went to secretary of state, um, one of the forms of identification that I used um, of, of just being released from prison was my prison identification. And secretary of state didn't even bother asking me if i could uh if i wanted to register to vote or if i was registered already uh, because they were under the impression um that felons can you know vote in the state of michigan as well um so uh, it's a big misconception um a lot of education is needed um to let you know everyone know <clears throat> that they can vote um and, and register to vote um and like i said even including uh parole agents and secretary of state um, which it's like the front line of, right. of of where people get registered to vote. Usually,
2: that's very that's fascinating to me. You'd think that people in those positions should be the first to know what the rules are when it comes to voting and uh, and and release. Right. Uh, when you're talking to to people. What is your sense of what the confusions are and sort of, uh, you know, what what is the, the what are the things that you find yourself telling people the most when it comes to the issue of voting, Robert?
1: Well, first off, um, knowing the day and age that we live in and in, in the community that I'm a part of, that we feel as if our voice don't matter anyway. And a lot of people are feeling in a sense of of hopelessness and basically letting them know that your vote is your voice and that even if you were convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor or been to prison or on probation or on parole, that even though you're used to telling people that your voice don't matter, this is an opportunity for your voice to be heard. And so that's one of the biggest things uh, that I let people know because our vote truly is our voice and this is the only way in time by us voting, that we can hold our elected officials accountable um, for the things uh, that they do or don't do within office. And it's also imperative for us to get educated on who uh, is running for office um, so we can properly make a sound decision in who we vote for.
2: Sure. Ashley, what do you tell people who might say something along the lines of, well, someone with a felony conviction who's done time in prison has essentially, given up their right to vote, that their mistakes uh, disqualify them from being part of the civic process.
3: I would say, first and foremost, that um, just because you spend time in jail or prison doesn't mean that you're no longer a citizen of this country. And also, um while I actually think that people should be able to vote um, in prison, One of the things that people should recognize is that that right to vote is taken away while you're serving a sentence. So when you're done serving your sentence, you're done serving your sentence and you shouldn't continue to be punished once you're released from the carceral system that we currently exist in. So the punishment ends once you're released. And one of the things that I really want to focus my work on is the ways that our society keeps people from successfully re-entering after they've served their time And keeping people from voting is one of those ways.
2: Robert, same question to you. What do you tell people if they give you that line?
1: Um, I pretty much let them know that, um, you know, that that is not the case, that you actually can vote, that you need to vote. Um, Unfortunately, I understand where some of the misconception comes from, um, especially when, even in our United States Constitution, you know, basically says that if a person is in prison, that their rights are stripped away from them. And so when a person is being released from prison or um, even if, you know, he has some type of felony charges or something like that, and they um, have found a sense of direction and want to start living a positive life, it's important for us as a community. To make sure that we encourage them and let them know that you know we recognize you as a person uh, with equal values and equal importance as the next person, especially when you want to make sure that people are not doing illegal things or people are doing things out of ignorance because they feel uh, isolated or not in, you know, excluded from the equation. And so it's very important for us as a community to make sure that um, we let everyone know that uh, their voice could equally be heard uh, and that we respect them equally as a citizen whether they have been in prison or not. And that's important. Uh,
2: I'm not sure that this touches specifically on the issues of former inmates, but I'm curious if you, either of you have ideas or opinions about Proposal 3 on the Michigan ballot, which is about voting access. It's about, it would it would allow straight ticket voting, it would allow early registration, it would same-day registration, automatic registration. It has rules that would make it easier for service members overseas to send in absentee ballots. Has that factored into your work whatsoever, or have you been thinking about that proposal?
1: Yes, um, that is something that um, I thought about, and I weighed some of the pros and cons. I most definitely think that um, on one hand, um, especially our our brothers and sisters, men and women who are overseas serving our country, most definitely need to make sure that their voice is heard and their vote is counted. Um, And so if we can make it easier for them to be able to um, have their vote um, recognized, um, and then I'm all for that. Um, I'm all for everyone um automatically having the right to vote um because like i said it's needed um it's our civic duty it's our it's a right that uh so many people you know men, men women um black and brown have fought for for many decades to be able to uh have that right to vote and so it is it's imperative um from that perspective i guess uh, the only downside that I kind of seen about that proposal was like about the straight ballot thing. Mm. And I know it's it's convenient and easy, and a lot of people were used to doing, you know, just checking out the box at the top of the corner. Um, but unfortunately, I think it kind of restricts us to a degree mm. um, due to the fact that every Democrat or every Republican that's on the ballot might not have our best interests at heart as a community. And so I think that um, we should be able to consciously, um, select each individual who we want to vote for. Um, because it might, you know, I might be a Democrat, but it might be some Republicans that, uh, that, that, um, has the same interest on certain topics or certain issues that I feel is personal to me uh, compared to the democratic side or vice versa. And so I I think that, um, that particular part, um, is is a very kind of touchy, um, aspect of that whole proposal three.
2: Hmm, that's interesting Ashley I, I know that you're not currently here in Michigan but especially the the automatic registration portion that would basically mean that if you didn't want to be registered to vote you'd have to actively opt out otherwise you're automatically registered it, that's an interest that that seems to me like it might play an interesting role in this issue as well
3: I I would agree with you. Um, I think that because we have so many key players in this system who are unaware of what is actually required to register to vote, automatic voter registration addresses those issues um, on its own. The other thing that really excites me about this is same-day voter registration. Mm -hmm. I think it's really um, disappointing that people have a certain deadline to register to vote. Because there might be people who are late to registration but who are actually interested in voting. And by having a deadline to register, you're deterring people from exercising their right to vote. So that I also think the same-day voter registration would be a great addition. Mm. Uh,
2: is there anything that I didn't ask you guys or anything that you want to say before, before we end here?
3: Because there's another popular misconception that if you don't have an ID, you can't vote. And in Michigan, that's not true. Um, In Michigan, if you come to the ballot or to the polling place and you don't have a photo ID, you can um, sign what's called an affidavit, which is just a sworn statement saying that you are who you are, and then you should still be allowed to vote. And I've done a little bit of um, poll watching, and I've seen people turned away for all kinds of reasons. But one of the reasons that a lot of people get turned away is because they don't have a photo ID. And so we want people to know that not only do you have a right to vote without an ID, you can ask for a special affidavit, which is this one statement, that would then allow you to vote without a problem. And the reason that that's particularly um, important for people who have served time in jail and prison is that a a lot of people who are newly released, but a lot of people in general just don't have a formal form of ID. And so that can be used, the rule that you need a photo ID can be used to further exclude people from voting, and we want to make sure that everyone has equal access to the ballot on Election Day.
0: That was Ashley Carter, a native Detroiter and staff attorney with Advancement Project, a national racial justice organization based in Washington, D.C., and Robert Olive, the chairman of the Detroit chapter of Nation Outside, a criminal justice organization. They both spoke with Detroit Today producer Jake Neer. That's going to do it for us tomorrow. Today, I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about scary movies. Tell us what your favorite scary movie is, and we want to hear from you about uh, what that is. So we're going to talk about my favorite scary movies as well tomorrow. Uh, Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And the associate producer is Gus Navarro. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University.